Then you will truly be successful. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. To those who love God, He God's word on your lips. To those who are called, meditate on day and night. According to Be His purpose, to do purpose. it's His purpose, not mine. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all work together for the good, together. the good, to those who love God, keep that word on your lips, to those who are called, on oh, day and according to his purpose, to purpose, it's his purpose, not mine. James, the first chapter, the first through the 22nd verse, James, a servant of God, and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you are faced with trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers, in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wild flower, for the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived. My dear brothers and sisters, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror 
and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And that ends our reading for day 81. All right, y'all, I'm going to take y'all back to Disney Cinderella days. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? The topic for today's Purpose in 66 Thought, day 81, is mirror, mirror on the wall. That's what I see when I look at the book of James. You see, James is big on people doing what they say they're going to do. James 1.22, my grandfather's favorite scripture, but be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. But the very next verse challenges us to think critically about calling. What good would it be for you to hear a word and then not do what it says? You are likened unto a person that looks in a mirror and then walks away and forgets what he or she looks like. Don't just be caught up in the activity of purpose. No, actually do purpose. Don't just talk about it, be about it. This is time for you to really hold the mirror up in your life and ask yourself, after everything I've said, am I doing it? After everything I preach about, am I living it? After all the lessons and guides that I tell other people to have as it relates to their financial literacy, am I practicing what I'm preaching? Am I eating the right food or am I telling other people what to eat but I myself am not abiding by it? Enough talk. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Do what you said you was going to do. Hello, everybody. I'm Rick Warren, author of The Purpose Driven Life, pastor of Saddleback Church in Southern California, and speaker and teacher on the Daily Hope broadcast. Welcome back to this special series of messages that I'm teaching to encourage you during the global COVID-19 virus pandemic. Now, there's a book in the Bible that I believe is especially relevant to our situation today. It's called the book of James. It was written by the half-brother of Jesus, who did not become a Christian, a follower of Christ, until after the resurrection. It's a very short book. At the end of the New Testament, it's only five chapters long, 108 verses, but it's jam-packed with practical advice for people in a crisis. And it covers every possible emotion that you could be feeling, and it gives us principles from the Bible for living during a pandemic. Now, I'm calling this series a faith that works when life doesn't, because that's what the book of James is all about. It tells us what to remember, what to feel, what to be, and what to do when we're in a crisis and under stress. In the first verse of this book, it starts this way. I read it to you last week, but let's go over it again. James 1, verse 1. This letter is from James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to all of God's people who have been scattered everywhere in the world. Greetings. Now, why were they scattered? Well, if you heard last week's message, it's because they were running for their lives. Their lives had been turned upside down, kind of like our lives have been with this, this um, pandemic. Uh, they didn't just lose their jobs. They lost their homes and they could die. It was a real crisis. So James writes this little short letter to encourage them in a crisis and he explains the kind of faith that we need, the kind of faith that works when life doesn't. And he begins with the attitudes that we need to make 
uh, part of our lives in tough times. He said, when you realize certain things, you're going to have a whole lot better handle on the problems, the trials, the crisis, and the pandemic that you're going through. Listen to me very closely. Your success in handling the stress and the strain of this current COVID-19 crisis, or any other crisis for that matter, is going to be determined by what you realize. Your How you handle stress will be determined by what you realize, by what you know and what you remember. The clearer your perspective is, the more stable and the more strong you're going to be when the heat's on. You see, perspective feeds your faith, and faith gives you confidence. When James starts this book, he doesn't waste any words. So immediately he starts with teaching us four truths to remember about troubles. If you're taking notes, you might want to write these down. The first thing James says is this, troubles are inevitable. Troubles are inevitable. The first part of verse two, he says, when, when all kinds of troubles come into your lives. Notice he doesn't say if, Troubles come into your life, but when? He says, count on it. You will have trouble. Now, James wasn't the first person to say this. Jesus said it. Jesus said, in the world, you will have tribulation. Peter said, don't be surprised when troubles happen in your life. Nobody is immune. Nobody is insulated. Nobody is isolated. Nobody is exempt from troubles. So he says, troubles are inevitable. Now, Problems are not an elective course in life. They're a required course. They're, they're general, general ed. You can't opt out of the things you learn through troubles. And to graduate in life, you have to go through troubles. They're inevitable. Number two, second thing James says is that troubles are not only inevitable, troubles are variable. They're variable. What does he mean by that? They're not all alike. <laughs> They're not all like, you know this from experience. Troubles come in all sizes. They come in all shapes. They, they come in more than 31 flavors. The second part of verse two of James says, when all kinds, circle the all kinds. When, that's inevitable. All kinds, that's variable. When all kinds of troubles crowd in your life. The, the Greek word there literally means multicolored. It means many, many shades. It's, they're variable. You know, I'm taping this out at my farm. Uh, governments of the United States and Canada tell us that there are 415 varieties of weeds in North America. I think they're all on my farm. I think 80% of them grow in my garden. That's a lot of variety. But there's even more variety in the kinds of troubles that we face in life. They're multicolored. They're multifaceted. Troubles vary in intensity. In other words, how painful they are. Troubles vary in frequency, how often they come, and troubles vary in duration, how long they last. You know, with this COVID-19 pandemic, we still don't know how long it's going to last, but we do know that troubles are inevitable and troubles are variable. Number three, the third change James says is, guys, troubles are unpredictable. They're unpredictable. They usually catch us by surprise. Uh, the, troubles don't warn you in advance. They just show up when you least expect it. The, the third part of verse two in James chapter one is he says, when all kinds of trouble 
crowd into your lives as intruders. Have you noticed that trouble seems to come at the most inopportune time? I mean, you, you don't plan for them. You, you feel, not now. You know, you get a flat tire when you're running late. Or, or the baby throws up on your dress when you're headed to church. What makes problem a problem is they often catch us off guard. It's, it's when we least expect it. It's when we're unprepared. It's when, we're, when it's inconvenient. You know as well as I do, you can't schedule your troubles. You know, I said, well, I'll make time for this trouble on Tuesday. You can't predict it. You can't anticipate. You're just going to have troubles in life. The, the word there, crowd into your life, is the Greek word peripepto. It literally means to fall into unexpectedly. Uh, it's the exact same word used in the, the story of the Good Samaritan, where the victim is beaten up by robbers in the Good Samaritan story. It says he fell into a, a band of robbers. In other words, by accident, by, uh, without anticipating it, he just falls into this problem. So the troubles are going to happen in your life unexpectedly. And then number four, this is the good news. James says troubles are purposeful. They're purposeful. In other words, this is good news. There is a purpose behind your problem. James chapter 1 verse 3 says, realize that these troubles come to produce. Circle the phrase to produce. They come to produce in you. What is he saying? He's saying they're variable, they're unpredictable, uh, you can't figure them all out, but they're productive. Troubles can be productive. He's saying that stress and suffering can accomplish something good in your life. That stress and suffering can have value in our lives if we have the right perspective. So God is saying, or James is saying, that God is saying that God uses difficulties for good in our lives. How in the world does God use difficulties for good in our lives? Well, that's verse 3 and 4. And in verse 3 and 4, the next couple of verses, James gives us three purposes of trouble in your life. Number one, troubles test my faith. Troubles test my faith. James chapter 1, verse 3. They come to test your faith. Now, faith is like a muscle. And the only way a muscle grows is to have it stretched, to have it strengthened, to have it uh, put pressure on it, put weight on it. The way your strength in your, in your character grows is by having your faith tested. And it has to be stretched. You have to put weight on it like you have to put weight on a muscle. Uh, the word testing here is actually the term used for refining metals. And in, in refining metals, you have to burn off the impurity. So what you do is you take gold, you take silver, and you heat it to extreme heat where it melts. And when gold or silver is melted at extreme heat, it burns off all the impurities, and then you're left with pure gold or you're left with pure silver. Right now, the heat may be on in your life in, in this crisis. You, you're sheltered at home. You may have lost your job. Your kids are out of school. Uh, you got all kinds of problems. Uh, the, the classic example of when the heat is on and the testing of faith is the story of Job. His test, his faith was tested in many, many, many 
ways. And yet at the end, he came out pure and God restored him double what he'd had at the start. You know, sometimes what we think is bad is actually preparing us for good. What we think is bad is actually preparing us for good. You know, years ago, I, I met an old guy who told me how getting laid off was the very best thing that ever happened to him. Let me tell you this story. Uh, he had worked at a sawmill uh, all of his life. But one day during an economic downturn, his boss walked in and suddenly announced that he was fired. He was laid off at 40 years of age. He had a wife, he had a family, he had no other job opportunities due to the recession. And this guy that was talking to me told me how depressed he got and how fearful he got because I've lost my job. He said, I felt like my world had caved in the day that I was fired. And he said, I went home and told my wife uh, what happened. And my wife asked, so what are you gonna do now? And I said, I thought about it and I said, I'm gonna do what I've always wanted to do. I'm gonna become a builder and I'm gonna mortgage our home and I'm gonna go into a building business. And this guy told me, you know, Rick, my first venture was the construction of two small motels. He said, that's the first thing I built. But within five years, he said, I was a multimillionaire. That man's name was Wallace Johnson. And the business that he started after getting fired was called Holiday Inns, Holiday Inns. And Wallace told me, you know, today, if I could locate the man who fired me, I would go up and sincerely thank him for what he did. He said, you know, at the time that it happened, I didn't understand why I was fired. Only later could I see that it was God's hand. It was God's unerring and wondrous plan to get me into the career of his choosing. We often see in hindsight what we can't see in foresight. So the first things that troubles do, the first purpose of trouble is they test my faith. Am I gonna trust God in this situation? Here's the second thing that happens. Troubles develop my endurance. Troubles develop my endurance. Now, notice it says there, troubles develop endurance. I, I, I like the old English word for this. It's the word steadfastness, steadfastness. What is steadfastness? What is perseverance? What is endurance? It, it's staying power. That's what it is. Literally, the ability uh, to handle pressure the ability to keep hanging on and hanging in there when things go bad. How do you learn to handle pressure? Really, have you ever thought about this? How do you learn to handle pressure? There's only one way, by experiencing it. And this is a quality that is in short supply in our culture right now. Most people today give up too soon. They haven't learned steadfastness. They haven't learned perseverance. They haven't learned endurance. One of the things God wants to teach us when things don't go right is to teach us endurance. He wants to test our faith. He wants to produce endurance or steadfastness in our lives. I'll never forget back in 1981, the second year of Saddleback Church, and, and I went through a depressed period where I wanted to quit literally every Sunday. And uh, every bone in my body wanted to just give up. But I learned to just keep going. When you're going through hell, 
what do you do? You keep going. When you're going through hell, you don't want to stop there. You don't want to stay there. You want to spend the rest of your life there. When you're going through hell, what do you do? You just keep walking. You put one foot in front of the other. And it was during that year of depression, 1981, that I learned some lessons that prepared me to handle enormous amounts of stress and enormous amounts of change. And I wouldn't be who I am today. And, and today, uh, I, I have a calmness in a crisis like this COVID-19 crisis. I have a very strong calmness that allows me to help others effectively because years and years ago, God took me through the strengthening of my faith and the developing of endurance in my life. And as a result, I'm much more calm uh, when a crisis comes. This is the 34th crisis that we've faced, either nationally or internationally, at Saddleback Church. It's just another one. It's the next one to come along. I want you to have that kind of confidence and that kind of calmness and, and that kind of uh, endurance. Then James says there's a third thing that, that troubles do. He says, troubles mature my character. They, they, they test my faith, they develop endurance, they mature my character. This is verse four. He says this, but let the process, it's the process of maturity, let the process go on until you become men of mature character with integrity and with no weak spots. Wouldn't you like to be that? A man or a woman of integrity, a man or a woman with no weak spots, a man with character and maturity, a woman with character and maturity. He says, that's what happens when you learn to respond to trouble correctly. Years ago, I read about a very famous research study uh, in, in uh, Russia, and it was on the effect of how different living conditions affect the longevity of lifespan uh, of different animals. In other words, scientists discovered that animals placed in comfortable and easy living conditions actually become weaker and are more susceptible to sickness, and they die sooner in comfortable and, uh, conditions than those who are allowed to experience the normal hardships of life. I think the same is true of human beings. But the greatest comfort of all, when you're going through a pain, when you're going through troubles, the greatest comfort of all may be Romans 8, 28, one of the great verses in the Bible, that God has promised to bring good out of bad for us. Romans 8, 28 says this, a great promise. We know that in everything, God works for the good of those who love him. Now circle the word everything. That includes COVID-19 pandemic. In everything, God works for the good of those who love him. Practice what you're preaching, put action to your teaching. Souls are searching, watching for what's right and wrong. It's up to me and you. Do what you need to do, walk and talk, you're speaking, practice what you're preaching. If you're going to talk about the way that you love Jesus, there's a world of doubters who are looking just to see if you give the way he gave, do the things he did. 
Love the way he loved Live the way he lived Practice what you're preaching Put action to your teaching Souls are searching, watching for what's right and wrong It's up to me and you Do what you need to do Walk and talk, you're speaking Practice what you're preaching I don't wanna come across here like I'm pointing fingers But this is something serious for all of us believers No better time than now, we've got a world to win If you're wondering how All you gotta do is practice what you're preaching Put action to your teaching Souls are searching, watching for what's right and wrong It's up to me and you, do what you need to do What you're preaching Put action to your teaching Souls are searching, watching For what's right and wrong It's up to me and you yeah. Do what you need to do Walk the talk, you're speaking Practice what you're preaching Practice what you're preaching Put action to your teaching Souls are searching, watching For what's right and wrong It's up to me and you Just what you're preaching.